Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are tuning in to today's Reset Rebel podcast. I just kind of wanted to put a little um, warning out (laughs) for today's show that this particular uh, line of content is a little bit more graphic than usual. Um, It is uh, an interview with a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man who lives just around the corner from me. I've run into him many, many times over the course of living here at various different events and I really love his message um, and his kind of qualification I suppose as a Reset Rebel um, as you're about to find out in the course of this podcast because he has managed to do something very very difficult and that is give up drinking on an island like this one so that is a big part of the reason why I wanted to get him on the Reset Rebel podcast as a kind of wellness expert, because I think, you know, addiction is definitely something um, that is a is an issue for so many, many people. And it's not really that widely talked about. It's not really referred to. And, you know, allegedly, it's really not that cool uh, to not be drinking at parties here on the island or being that person who isn't getting involved. But ultimately, I have so much respect and so much admiration uh, for today's guest because of that very, very fact. And not only has he given up drinking, he's a chef. And I think it's one of the hardest industries, probably being in hospitality, to be constantly surrounded by food and drink, but not overindulge or indulge at all, in fact, because um, James Knight is um, coming up on today's podcast. And I just think it's an incredible achievement. And I'm not going to bang on further about it. You're going to hear all about how he managed to achieve that goal on today's podcast. But I, I think it's impressive and I think it's worth sharing this story. Um, partly because of that, but also because he's just an incredible talent and shining light um, of positivity. And also, he's just really, really funny. So that is the reason um, he's on today's podcast. And I haven't edited out the chunks where James is sort of referring to things that might offend vegetarians, people that aren't really, um, you know, I mean, this is normally kind of a wellness podcast. but, But there are references to, you know, the death of animals and other things besides that might kind of turn your stomach so if this is not something you want to listen to today I'm just giving you the option to tune out and there is a little bit of swearing as well and I could have sat there for hours editing it all and I did but I just chose to leave it in because he's an authentic man and the whole point of this podcast is to capture the very essence of our guests and I just kind of you know need him to be out there in all his magnificence because I believe he is a very magnificent man Um, And if you've ever been to one of the um, pop-up supper clubs, um, then you will know exactly what I mean. If you've never been to Ibiza and you've never had uh, the experience of eating with these guys, then it's definitely something that you should try. And the next event is on the 7th of December. So there's plenty of time to book your space. Um, If today's show, which is focusing and looking at pies, (laughs) excites you and captures your your taste buds, um, do drop us an email to just the good news, please at gmail.com if you want to join that event Um, but we also have uh, a possibility to join James in the kitchen which is our giving back part of today's show Um, if you want to go and do a little bit of um, cooking with him then he is opening the space and the floor for somebody um, to jump in and yeah work alongside him and learn a little bit about the process that goes into that event Um, I will say that we've had a very exciting week Um, on this Reset Rebel podcast, we went to number one in Finland, um, which for me, I mean, it just, you know, it really, really, really made me very happy indeed. And we also rocketed right up uh, the charts in England as well to number 10. And we've never, we've never gone in 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 the top 10 um, in sort of 18 months of making this podcast, which I don't make any money from. It's completely something I do from the heart to share the rebels on this island that have moved here from other parts of the world to kind of reset their path in life to help other people, work with other people, transform other people's lives in some way, shape or form. So it meant a lot to me. But I think that there's, you know, we get a lot of listens um, to this podcast now, which just makes me so, so happy. It makes it all worthwhile. Podcasting is definitely one of my main, main passions in this in this world. And doing this every week sometimes feels tough. It feels like a challenge. It feels like something I haven't got time for, but I make time. 
Um, every single week, it takes me at least half a day out of my working week, possibly more, um, to, to put all of this together. And it's just a few little things that we really need to keep this project going. Um, number one is some more followers on Instagram. So that's at the Reset Rebel. If you could jump onto Instagram, just give us a quick follow. That would be really, really amazing. And also um, some reviews. So if you do happen to be listening to this on iTunes, it'll take you two seconds to just give us, you know, some star ratings and a little two minute review. It just makes so much of a difference. Um, And we are looking for a sponsor. So once these two things start happening, we get more followers and more Um, reviews on iTunes um, then you know potentially we could finally find us this project which gives back to people in so many different ways we've you know really done some great work this year and I want to continue so if you could just give us a little bit of help with a review um, we would love you forever ever more and um, yeah I really hope you enjoy today's show but like I say if you're squeamish if you don't want to be hearing about things that go on in the animal kingdom um, that kind of you know makes that possibility for creatures to travel to your plate then do not listen to today's show because it's not going to be the one for you you have been warned and without further ado i give you mr james knight don't go away it's the reset rebel it's the reset rebel it's the reset rebel Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And today we're kind of in my local neighbourhood. We're in Santalalia. And I'm really quite happy that I could literally just walk out of my front door and down the hill to get to the HQ uh, and business premises, if you like, the hub of creativity where today's guest uh, works and makes his magic. Um, And he's actually a chef. Uh, James Knight is his name and he's got over 20 years of culinary experience and I'm just reading a little bit of his bio kit it says that he's been cooking for 23 happy happy years and I think there's you know so many people that do so many different jobs uh, around the world that aren't things that they're really passionate about or things that deeply make them happy and it's very obvious to me having been to so many of James's pop-up culinary events that cooking is something that definitely brings him a lot of joy you can taste it and each and every mouthful and what I like about James is that he's not only hilarious which is always good for a podcast but um he kind of isn't one of those kind of pretentious chefs he's never really gone down the kind of Michelin starred kitchen uh, route and he's kind of opted for the more fun produce-led ones. And that's clearly why he lives on an island like Ibiza. The produce game here is high. Uh, the local, seasonal, organic, fresh uh, island goodness is abundant here. And I think, you know, that really, really shines in the flavours and compositions that James puts together. I was very, very lucky to have attended um, one of their pop-up culinary dining extravaganzas just a couple of weeks ago where they were celebrating Diwali. And it was just this unbelievable feast uh, of Indian delights basically um, with Indian dancers um, all sorts of other entertainment in between courses Um, but just watching James in action watching him in flow is always a pleasure and he's always very 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 entertaining in general and I think he's going to be making all sorts of different things for us today on today's podcast to sort of get our teeth into and maybe get us a little bit inspired in our own kitchens Um, I would definitely describe him as a reset rebel for lots of different reasons as you're about to find out and um, I think it's time to possibly enter his kitchen Okay, we're going in. It's looking, yeah, like a, a hub of extreme activity. Uh, and here he is, today's guest, James Knight. Hello, how are you? <laughs> very good, very good. Looks like, uh, yeah, you're in full flow, of course, in your kitchen. Yes, yes, I am. I'm making, working on two different things. I've got a very exciting pie experiment I'm working on. Um, just sort of became obsessed about pies over the last two weeks. There's a guy in England, make, uh, Callum Franklin, making these incredible pies in his restaurant, and I've sort of seen them, and I've gone, I want to try that. So, sort of geometrically beautiful. Obviously, mine aren't yet. They're sort of a bit lumpy. But lumpy's good. Uh, right? Lumpy is, um, lumpy is my favourite. Yeah, lumpy's great. Uh, so, working on those, which we'll have a look at, and I am cooking for a friend's birthday, where I'm going to 
cover these lovely shoulders in yogurt, cook them very slowly, then press them. Your shoulders? Uh, oh, lamb shoulders! <laughs> I'm not edible. <laughs> oh, I don't know, you do look quite tasty. Thank you! <laughs> I'm still going to base these in yogurt because uh, yogurt is milk gone happy. <laughs> you know, sad milk, sad milk, happy milk. I'm yogurt! Um, <laughs> What's the difference between happy and, uh, and sad yogurt? About five pounds. <laughs> five pounds of what? Money. <laughs> or, but you know, is it um, so happy, it's happy cows that are sort of well, farm fed I mean, and led? There's not many happy cows if you're being milked every day, to be honest. But <laughs> this is, you know, I tend to make my own yogurt. This one I've just bought in because I only started on this today. But the yogurts are better milk because it's been fermented. As soon as you ferment something, you're changing the sort of structure. It seems to be better for your guts, I'm guessing. I've got no scientific proof. I'm not a scientist. I'm barely Is that a the quack. disclaimer for today's show? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an expert. I mean, everything you should do, just guess, but guess with confidence. If you guess with confidence, you're there. You've got quite a lot of confidence going on there. Well, today... <laughs> Who knows tomorrow? That's from 23 years of happy, happy cooking there, Yeah, no? true, true. There is a lot of experience behind the guessing. But I've also got a terrible memory. So it's quite often... I, I never try and follow the same recipe twice. That's mainly memory. But also, I think there's a beauty in not doing everything the same each time. You know, you always get different results from exactly the same ingredients. It depends if you slightly caramelise the carrots longer or you don't let the onions cook as much. The flavours change, the texture change. I'm talking about a soup there. But it, it, you can, it's, I don't like doing the same thing twice. I'm, I'm grasping that fully. It's like a yeah. sort of magician waving his wand. Yeah, and you know, the less you think about it, the better it is. If you, I mean, some things, like making these pies, I'm having to think about it, but I'm trying to not overthink it just do and that way you always get better results I think <laughs> or do I'm not sure which is which <laughs> kind of part of the same uh, yes. the same table of things but um, these you know these shoulders of lamb are obviously something you have worked with before but what's what's the deal with the yogurt so the yogurt I don't know sometimes I do it with yogurt sometimes I blend the yogurt with homemade preserved lemons and loads of spices and cumin sometimes I smear it on sometimes I don't Today, I've got hibiscus, yoghurt, and some ground-up thyme and rosemary. And then we'll see what happens. Sounding very festive. Well, it's a birthday. She's 40. <laughs> I mean, that's almost half, mutual... a century. half a century. You, that's a festive thing, isn't it? That is midlife. She's well, entering uh, her midlife period. Well, I'm planning to have my 50th next year. I'm not going to be 50, but I figure if you get it in early... You can... Well, first, there's no panic, you know. You might not make it to 50, but get it in early. And I think some people I know are definitely going to live till 100. They should have that now, while they can have fun. I mean, a 100th birthday when you're 100 is like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. But having it now, 100 years of celebration early. Can we all dress up as old people? Uh, no, I think the 100-year-old person has to sit in the corner, drink sherry and forget... Maybe just sort of give them some anaesthesiac so they're sort of drifting out of consciousness, like it would be their hundredth. That sounds like an absolute riot. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so I'm going to put these in the oven very quickly. I love the fact that you're just leading the narrative there, <laughs> taking, taking the, rain, the radio reins. In here we've also got some beetroot, which I am roasting with vinegar, sugar, onion seed, caraway. And I am going to then, once they're nice and caramelised and soft, which isn't too long, I'm going to blend that up with more yoghurt and turn it into a beetroot birani, which is a sort of yoghurt, it's sort of dip, a sort of dip. I thought you were saying biryani because I'm so obsessed with the one that you made at the Indian Diwali feast the other week. That was the, probably the, the only and best biryani I've ever eaten in my life. It was delicious. I want to make more of those. That was it was really good. The best I, pie you've ever created thus far. Yes, it kind of got me on the pie path doing those biryanis because it's basically a rice pie. Rice pie. Um, <laughs> rice pie with my little eyes. Something beginning biryani. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically a pie. I would like to do more of those and I would like to somehow work out because I think it's a great Sunday lunch biryani. That sort of to your house with a nan on bake it yourself you've got a big chunk of lamb or venison or whatever in there and then you sort of cook it you've got the rice you've got all these sauces and you break in use the bread to eat the biryani inside it's an awesome Sunday lunch mm. 
No, I agreed. I mean, that was definitely the highlight of that whole meal for me somehow. Oh, I mean, I don't even normally do the carb thing, but um, I went deep into the carb story on that particular <laughs> occasion. Luckily, I wasn't going to Marbs, so it was all fine. But um, oh, are you supposed to be going to Marbs? Well, they do say no carbs before Marbs. Oh, that's right. Yes, you said that that time I as well. One only, only made in Chelsea. They say that. <laughs> Not that I've ever watched it. Okay, no carbs before Marbs. Um, no protein before... No, there's no rhyme <laughs> for protein. No fat before chat. Oh, there we go. Chat. I haven't had any fat this no, morning. Perfect. So we're just going to chew some shortly. But this um, beetroot is not a biryani then. So what's the no, actual... No, a borani. A borani. Borani is... The legend of a borani is it's named after a Persian princess who really loved this herb yogurt drink, which is sort of pounded together. And it's sort of her with a bit of vinegar, sugar, salt, garlic. And it's sort of a tonic for her. And then the cuisine is sort of taking the barani and turned it into a sauce. And then it's moved to another country where when I was working at Moro, we did a beetroot barani, which is almost like a thick dip, which was just boiled beetroot and dill and yogurt and sometimes just the beetroot on its own. And then since I've moved here, I've started roasting it to get it really dark and caramel and making it even thicker. Even thicker, so it's almost, you know, it's smooth but chunky and you've just got a bit of chew on the mouth with it. So it makes a really nice starter, well, shared starter with flatbreads, crisp breads and that sort of thing. I'm actually really happy that I'm, I'm actually going to this 40th this weekend. My mouth is actually watering excellent. already. And on top, of course, there's going to be, I like now to fry all of my nuts in butter. So, you, because, you know, why not? <laughs> why toast when you can fry in butter? Butter. Um, so you sort of... I'm going to have walnuts cooked in shed loads of butter until the butter starts caramelising and you get all that lovely... Well, we've got some butter over here which I've caramelised for something. This is a... So basically, you'll cook the walnuts in here. I've got chilli flakes, paprika and mint. Which, you, if you just have a sniff of that, then you put that on almost mm. anything, like the lamb or I'm going to make a squash hummus. It's just... Wow. It's, well, it's butter. Do you make your own butter? No, I've tried doing it here quite unsuccessfully. I've tried in England quite unsuccessfully. So, no. So, where do you get your butter from in a beef? Kerrygold. Kerrygold? Kerrygold's the best one here because it's grass fed. And the legend, as far as I know about grass fed uh, butter, is that it's easier for you to digest, slightly better for the hips, and just as good on the lips. <laughs> Depends if it spends a minute there or longer. A lot longer. I, 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 when I used to go shopping in England in Waitrose, I'd have 12 bottles of wine and four sorts of butter. And that would be my weekly shop. <laughs> As I say, your hips have dramatically shrunk. Since I've stopped I've drinking. You. Yes, that will yeah. do it. So it's just the butter. <laughs> Kerry Gold. There's also a great shop in Santillare that's got a natural grass-fed organic butter, but that's double the price. So Kerry Gold. Kerry Gold all the way. And that's obviously shipped in, though. That's not local. Yes, there's not a big butter culture, as far as I know, in Spain. Only in northern Spain, in Asturias, where they, so they do butter, but they don't do cultured butter. They just do something called a sweet butter, which you don't get the same depth of flavour or the same sort of, well, same depth of flavour. Obviously, the cows in Astoria are incredible, and the land there is incredible. If they could, if they could put more sort of butter-making skills up there, I'd buy it, obviously. I won't buy Ibiza butter, because that's just nut butter. There is a lot of nutty, buttery uh, yeah. things on this island, I have to say, not just in the, uh, yeah, in the cow steaks. But um, what, you know, you're, you're making obviously this wonderful uh, barani for yeah. the birthday. We've got the, the, the lamb in the oven, but what about the pies? Oh, pies, oh yes. You've oh. got some big pie plans, I, I, I gather, for... Um, uh, I've got some prepared. We're just, uh, he's, he's blue petering us now, he's going to get some, uh, here's some... I prepared earlier. Oh, my God. As if by magic. There they are. Yesterday was... It was all right. These are getting better. Obviously, each time you do something, things improve. As you can see, I'm sort of trying to go for quite a pretty little effect. I mean, they're almost there. They're a little bit lumpy. I want them smoother and kinder and a little bit prettier. But they're not far off, I think. I really like... They look like Christmas bells. Yeah. and you, Well, you've got the lovely little kiss. Sorry. Um... <laughs> ever been kissed by a pie <laughs> well he has now my wonderful father who's videoing this for us today what's in your pies so this one is 
potato dauphinois with comté cheese. Then I've made a um, garlic mushroom butter. So basically, I blanch garlic three times, put it in my thermo mix, which is a hot blender, with shed loads of butter, touch of milk, and I cook it out in my thermo mix for 60 minutes with mushrooms. And why don't you try some? Mm, gosh, I thought you'd never I mean, ask. it's pretty rich. Okay. Oh but it's just lovely mushroom butter. So the idea is, with a pie, I, I'm trying to do slightly drier pies, not the sort of traditional wet thing. It's, it's, yeah, so when you open up this, you get the oozy centre of the mushroom butter and garlic. So you I'm do have ooze. I'm being, being oozed on right now, all over my face. It's delicious. That is... Uh, I like the fact that you've got sort of like the jammy dodger thing going on there. The sort of yeah, well, you've got to make a hole, hole the for the ooze to go in. You've got to, you've got Otherwise, you've got to make a new centre because this this is liquid. It's going to move. If you don't make space for the movement, it's just going to burst out the side. Mm. So, I like that phrase. I might have to steal it. Make space for the movement, or it's going to burst out the side. <laughs> That's quite like a good yoga term, actually. Yeah, yeah. I might steal that from you. Uh, hold the space. <laughs> Stand by. Stand by. Holding space. Holding space now. And Oozing in three. Four. Two. <laughs> holding space. I felt. I felt. That was a deep then. ooze meditation going Thank on there. Thank you. I'm just gonna slowly wash my hands, and I'll be back. Okay, he's coming back. <laughs> Oozing all over the place. It's okay. um, yeah, it's just fascinating to see these being con- sort of constructed. So there's quite a bit of process in this. Obviously, as you can see, we've got a bigger base of pastry. This is just a short crust pastry. I'm doing one with a homemade puff pastry there to see how they come out differently. Obviously, a puff pastry has a lot more movement. Uh, it grows because of the um, fat trapped between the layers of flour and the air, whereas a short crust is pretty stationary in its movement. But the fatty, 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 delicious puff pastry <laughs> is, as you can tell by my explanation, is much nicer. How it's- are you losing weight then, James, if you're actually like you know surrounded by this wonderful fatty, 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 puffy deliciousness? You don't eat any of this stuff while you're making it. Yeah, no, I've, I had about three pies yesterday. But <laughs> the life of a chef, you have irregular eating patterns. And also, I generally, you know, eat quite healthily. And it's winter, so basically I live off beans generally. Mm. You know, the poor time of year. Beans. <laughs> <laughs> beans and lentils. Beans and lentils, please. Um, so Apart from on pie-making day. Except you're pie-making just... day. You know, luckily, when I do this supper club, uh, the last supper club, which I do with... Rebecca, Lee and Amy um, started off by Tavis and Nora and Mark Watkins. Drop all the names that do it. And obviously we get lots of assistance from lots of lovely other people. Like Sophie Tavner, who has Sophie to have a shout Tav- out yeah. on this show. God, she was amazing. We love her. Yes, we do. More than life itself. No. Me. Personally. Okay, yes, you. I mean, that, that's that, my uh, slight I sort mean, of... genocide or suicide, always genocide. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Yeah, cut that out. <laughs> We're in Ibiza. <laughs> yeah, no, and so the last supper club, which is... A sort of, I think the word club is important because we don't make money from it. What we do is cook food we don't, well, I don't normally cook, try and put on a nice experience for locals and tourists. But we kind of want to build more of a community about what we're doing with it as well. Mm-hmm. That we want a lot more people involved, uh, maybe coming to help me cook in the kitchen, coming up with unique cocktails for each event. You know, because it's never going to be something that makes us money, it is purely for the joy of cooking and putting something on and obviously there's PR but mm. you know that's fine Every- well you have the wonderful Gypsy Westwood oh my god I forgot Gypsy Westwood her I, photography I, I, god almighty definitely need to mention yeah, the fabulous Gypsy whose photo is actually on Instagram I was blown away oh I mean I, I got snapped a few times stunning. but I was like wow she, she is a, a talented she beast she really is and you know, oh, we shouldn't call her a beast. She's a talented, beautiful lady. <laughs> She's a beast with a camera. I don't know, That's I, what I, I meant. I did the quiz night with her. She was a fucking beast that night. <laughs> did she whip your ass? Yes, they did. That's annoying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are all much older than us. So, and what can you expect? <laughs> um, but there no, are, there are, there, you know, it's a talented team that it's kind a of get together. Talented team, and it's you know, Gypsy does it out of the kindness of her heart and to get a free food and just to be involved. And I kind of want to following her ethos not really turn it about making money but turning it into a club for people on the island we really want people involved we want ideas of what we're going to cook want them to help me cook so people learn techniques and trades I had to I could throw my hat into the mic for that yeah I do we had um, three people come last time we did it Uh, Richard Marco and 
they, I gave them three or four dishes to make. They came into the kitchen with me. They made the roti, made the bread, made different curries. And they sort of took these skills of how you actually cook for more than your family and, you know, hopefully learn something. Well, we actually always like to give something back through this podcast. This could be a wonderful little moment where you could maybe invite somebody uh, who perhaps would like to get a little bit more into their culinary yeah. story this winter to come to the kitchen with you and help you with one of these wonderful events. Yeah, no, that would be amazing if anyone does. Uh contact us via the internet <laughs> yes that's clearly not your part of the job that's no, the wonderful no, Lee who is your Lee, business partner Rebecca and Amy uh, I, I don't do the I do a bit of the internet but <laughs> the creative uh, pie making uh, well, that looks like a hat actually it well, looks like a hat that's gone well, on top of that pie yeah what we're doing here pushing it down to create get rid of air bubbles because air bubbles would be my enemy here then okay. I've got no a air. selection of very scary tools very scary tools these are my pie gone back to the genocide again yeah (laughs) I mean obviously genocide or suicide it's always genocide come on just well only in the cooking uh, cooking steaks but you are basically putting some wonderful cutters now on top of the pastry to define the circumference of the pie said expansion rate uh, you know my whole speech about not doing everything the same with these we do need to have a uniformity of look size so your neighbour who's eating one of the pies doesn't get jealous about the size also when you're cooking lots of one thing if there's different sizes things will cook at different times it's not about size though james isn't it uh i hope not (laughs) (laughs) oh my god look at that so yeah it's so perfect it comes out quite sweet so now i'm going to score the edge i mean would you recommend this as something that people could obviously invest in for sort of canapes for christmas parties that type of thing because they're beautiful almost like you know yorkshire pie sized aren't they these ones yeah i mean we've got a slight idea to maybe do we're doing the pie day 2019 we're doing a three course <laughs> three course meal with the pies uh, probably treacle tart and chocolate tart to finish so a bit of a move away from our normal supper clubs where it's all shared on the table this is going to be sort of semi-festive uh, plated food, a choice of three starters, a choice of three pies, uh, monkfish, smoked eel, something. Probably I mean, the monkfish one's going to sort of be a bit similar to the old London pies where you have fish pie and liquor. So it's going to be this parsley fish sauce, it's going to have monkfish, so, uh, probably some sort of stuffing. Not quite sure what it's going to be, I'll put this down. Some sort of stuffing, but smoked eel will be in the bacon of the sea. Mm. Mm. It's very proud of that, Monica. Smoked eel. Bacon of the sea. Um, (laughs) Did you make that up yourself? Yeah. (laughs) Horseradish. Why not horseradish? So it's going to be sort of a a tribute to the London pie, that monkfish one. Then something... I was considering doing rabbit because we're in Ibiza and it's a local meat. But then I thought, nah, beef. Do beef wellington. They're freaking great. So traditional beef wellington with probably a red wine, bone marrow sauce, and then some trimmings. Yeah, so quite festive, but without being turkey. That's semi the idea of the pies as well, and also the joy of pie. Um, I the honestly pie. haven't stopped the thinking about pie. pies for two weeks. Since I did the biryani, it's like, oh, pies, oh, pies, ah, oh, pies. <laughs> Well, it's a very traditional, you know, English dish, and you obviously well, love to go down the traditional route to a degree. This, well, yeah, this one. I mean, this you would actually compare more to a p- pithiviere, which is a French pie. Sort of the shape of it, the sort of pattern of it. These pies, the, the guy who sort of started doing them like this in England had this hotel, and he went down to the basement of the hotel and found all this Victorian pie-making equipment, um, all these beautiful moulds, all these beautiful terrines, and so thought, well... That's a bit of a waste. And then he bought them up, cleaned them out, and taught himself very traditional techniques of doing these beautiful, beautiful creations. And sort of seeing him do it, which, you know, it works in every sort of sphere of the world, seeing him do it inspired me to have a go. Mm. Um, And, you know, I I probably won't ever do these for a wedding, but this is purely just to stop me going mad and screaming into the sea during winter. It does get a bit boring if you're not cooking. Have you not got many events going on during the course of the winter? No, I mean, we have a few private parties. Uh, we've got a lot of work, obviously, trying to find new work for next year and, you know, making new bars, writing new menus. But to be honest, I'd rather just cook pies for no profit. <laughs> <laughs> a little soup kitchen with pies. Oh, 
Yeah, but there'll be empanadas here. <laughs> empanada kitchen. There would be an empanada kitchen. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that rhythm of flow of like, you know, it being absolutely bonkers in the summertime? You are incredibly busy in the summer. Yeah. But, you know, not having so much to do in the winter. How do you cope with that kind of flow? It, it has taken me oh, three years three years probably until this year to really work out what to do I need to keep going because so many years I stopped and I would suffer from genuine depression because I'm used to working I'm a chef I'm used to moving and as soon as I stop I realize I don't have much in my life except for pies <laughs> um, so this year I plan to keep doing these little events I think that's a very genuine thing, though, isn't it? When people aren't busy, you know, you've got way too much time in your hands to sort of think about a lot of things that you maybe wouldn't consider when you're absolutely manic. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, most of us are used to being busy, and I've realised since I've stopped drinking, especially, I didn't really have much in my life except alcohol and work. So I'm slowly filling up the alcohol side with, I don't want to use the word exercise because exercise is horrible, P- playing, <laughs> chase. You know, Kiss Chase. Kiss Chase, yeah. It's the only Chase I remember with, from school with, days. With any cat in my local area. I <laughs> fucking love cats. Just got some recently and I can't... Do they really... love you, though? That's the question. I, I won't let them go. It's very much like a toddler holding... <laughs> I, I, I mean, since I've stopped drinking, you sort of suddenly have emotions, which is weird. Um, and then I didn't know I liked animals and I really like cats. I mean, I look at pictures of them. Normal pictures, not weird ones. You know, it's... it's... Have we established that? <laughs> And what made you stop drinking? I, alcoholic. I mean, especially moving here. I mean, always had a problem with alcohol. It's quite endemic within the chef world. Alcohol, drugs, excess, late nights, you know, bad behaviour. It's sort of, especially when I first started, it was not so much encouraged, but it was a badge of honour. The longer you stayed out, the less sleep you got, the more drugs and drink you could do. It, it, it was machoistic, but not in a, yeah, it was sort of, you're, you're the best the more you can drink and it sort of stuck with me and then when I moved here with the sort of winters quite a lot of time off in the winter uh, the fact that you're outside a lot more meant you smoked and drank a lot more that it just got to the point when I realised there was a problem so I luckily managed to stop and it's been good life is much better how did you manage to stop? What was the what was Wife the point? Said you'd leave. <laughs> <laughs> threats. Threats. Very okay. strong threats. I mean, it. She, yeah, she sort of challenged me, and in she only wanted me to stop for two weeks. Didn't realise, and as soon as I stopped, I just realised there was, you know, there was a problem. I really want found it hard, and if I ever started drinking at that point again, I wouldn't be able to stop. But luckily managed to stop. I joined AA about six months ago. Been sober for a year and six months. Joined about six months ago. And that's also a great thing. On the island, NA, AA, really good scheme for helping people, um, which I'm really enjoying as well. Instead of doing sport, I go to AA. So, you know, instead of doing yoga size or Zumba, AA, that's my sport. It's a beautiful community of (laughs) people. It really is. It is a really beautiful community. And... You know, it's a very non- non-judgmental community. There's a lot of aspects of AA which I believe would be helpful for almost any person. You know, you don't have to be an alcoholic to be an arsehole. <laughs> this is very true. It's very true. And, you know, there's a lot of things in Al- Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous which are generally good for your soul and improving your behaviour, mm. which I think a lot of us could do with. Well, I think you're just taking a massive assessment of your entire kind of, uh, yeah integrity yeah yeah and your reason and your purpose for being which is never going to be a bad thing no matter whether it's through a yoga class or a meditation exactly. or any other kind of journey to get from a to b and but as you know you brought up those two things yoga meditation it seems that one thing does lead to another i've started meditating a bit here and there of i this morning i woke up and did a wim hof session where you breathe really violently for three minutes and then you get a bit high then you go into the cold sea yeah not exercise that's just sort of panic breathing <laughs> I'm not sure I was supposed to do it like that I quite enjoyed that I was, uh, wasn't sure if I'd rung the wrong number then um, so now I'm going to put my little puffing on the pies my little kiss hole on this pie a little portcullis oh. what's the kiss hole about so they can breathe out yes a so good exhale you, hole if, if you remember pies when you were young they used to have that blackbird thing in the middle where it's to release the steam 
if that was totally unsealed, there's going to be movement, there's going to be expansion as things get hotter, um, so that will cause this to crack. So by putting the little hole on, we've got a little steam hole. And, yeah, it also looks cute. It does, actually. It's um, very adorable. You've almost sort of shaped it with a slight sort of pout. Yes, this one is a little bit pouting pie. Maybe that could be one of the names for one of these. Okay, yeah. The pouting pie. The pouting pie. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Thanks. Um, (laughs) So now I'm going to... They're still not perfect, but compared to the one I did yesterday, they are improving. Are you a perfectionist? No. No. No, I think that's really overrated. I mean, if you spend all your life trying to be perfect, you're just not going to enjoy it. I mean, there's lots lots of very very good chefs who like perfection, but I see in them a tenseness and an anger to get to that point that just isn't worth it. Mm. Everything you should do should be happy. When I cook, I am genuinely happy. If I want to relax, I go home and cook. It gets me into a lovely meditative state. And if I worried about my carrots being slightly skewed fucking whiff, where's the joy? Agreed. <laughs> where's the joy? I love a wonky I mean, carrot. But, you know, some people find joy in perfection. For me, no. And if, you, if it makes you stressed about things not being perfect, then that, that can't be too right. Mm. You know, I'm not building a house. You're well, not you building. do have to be a bit more perfectionist. But not here, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so many comparisons. We could go on for days. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> About yes. your wonky carrots. I mean, I think, you know, that's obviously why you've not gone down the Michelin-starred route. You've obviously stayed in the more earthy kind of establishments yeah. that have, you know, allowed you to cut your teeth and develop your craft. And yeah. now you've got your own culinary business on an island where it's not that easy to have a business. No, it's really not. I mean, uh, it is quite hard, as, as you know. There's only six months of really earning money for the year well, four months, and trying to eke out the money for the rest of the year is quite tough. Um, these sort of supper clubs and the sort of things we do, they will never, as I've said before, make us money. They are for joy, but hopefully they, by doing some nice things like that, you do get things back, like we get recommended from all parties or someone might want to copy one of these events for a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah. So in the winter, yeah, no money. I forgot what you said now. It doesn't matter, but I think one of the, the most ridiculous things that happened in my lifetime here in Ibiza was actually attending one of the events that you put together last year for a wedding, where it was kind of, you know, um, oh my God. food stalls from around the world. Oh. And I was very lucky enough to be invited to join the gang of uh, merry men. Yes, that were trying you to... were one of the actresses, weren't you, in the English, <laughs> in the English area, uh... where I think you inhabited your role. You became that pernickety... Um, WI lady, these are my cakes and they deserve to fucking wing. You really <laughs> inhabited that. Uh, thank you so much. That's uh, too yeah, kind. that was an incredible event. That, that <laughs> was a three day wedding for 200 people over three different venues, including having to build a festival, seven different countries with four or five different food outputs involved. Then the night before, we were at La Muella doing an eight course meal with Hollywood dance, Bollywood dancers, Hollywood, Bollywood theme. But yeah, I mean, that, that was probably the biggest thing I've ever managed to pull off. And obviously, I did a lot of organisation, but I had a lot of great chefs on the island help me. Mm. You know, it wasn't just me, but it was. <laughs> his uh, his hat came off then, he tilted Wanker. his cap. <laughs> sort of, in homage to no, the rest I mean, of the it, incredible it was, talent on this island. <laughs> yeah, no, there's so Lemon much talent. Tarot. So much talent helped me. As Sophie helped, we had uh, Shahir from, who's now at Sabina. We had uh, Abitha uh, Petit, just loads of chefs. I mean, I think we employed almost any decent chef that we could because it was such a big production. It was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, your cakes that you refer to that I was lovingly babysitting were something that I did get the pleasure oh, of sampling. the wonderful Amy Forbes helped me do some of those. Unbelievable. The carrot cake. I mean, yeah. I will remember it to the day I die. Yeah. That's... In fact, if, that, if I was on death row, that is the last meal I would request. Really? Oh, 100%. Obviously, after a pie. After the, Obviously, one of after, these After pies. a pie. After a pounting pie. Uh, that would obviously be probably the, 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 uh, the first course. So I'm going to try... If you were going to have your last meal on death row, James, what would it be? Tell me. Starters, mains, and desserts. We want the full three. I don't know. Probably smack, smack <laughs> cocaine and ketamine. I don't. I don't really want to be there. <laughs> Why would the, you uh... want to be there? You'd want to be out of it. <laughs> Jesus, that would be. If you horrific. had to have your last meal, what would it be? And it doesn't involve drugs. 
I mean, I don't really do them anymore, but I was just trying to think of how I'd feel and certainly wouldn't want to... Okay, after um, the smack, so, the cocaine okay, and the, uh, the what would I, I think it'd be the things I miss most living on the island. it definitely have to involve grouse. I have grouse once a year. I'm never really back in the time when it's grouse season, when it's at its best. Grouse, when done properly and it's hung, is as close to eating death as you can get. It's brilliant. The leg is slightly rotted. It's got this great <laughs> fermented flavour, you know, bitter almost. I mean... Oh, delicious. And then you get to the breast, which isn't as rotted, which is really soft. <laughs> Got the, I mean, yeah, then you, if it's done the traditional way, which I think my favourite would be um, Jeremy Lee does it. Really traditionally, you've got the, the rotted um, livers on a beef fat crouton. You've got game chips, a bit of the sauce and watercress. Freaking great. Are you I, into necrophilia? Um, yeah, only with their consent. <laughs> <laughs> I get it before I kill them. Excellent. <laughs> Glad we cleared that up. And uh, for the main course? Uh, no, that would be the main course. Um, I think I would choose about a 10-course meal. There's so many things I'd want to eat. Oysters. Um, I'd definitely want some nigiri. Um, nigiri, oysters, the grouse. I, I mean, I'd make room for all this. I'd want a, a piece of chuleton from Eshteberry, which is my favourite restaurant in the Basque Country. I'd want his, oh my God, his homemade smoked goat's butter on his homemade bread, which he sometimes puts some ash on or some mushrooms from his cellar. That, each time I have it, I do cry. And I love butter, as we've discovered. His, but that butter is just, it's a thing of beauty. It truly is. How does one make butter be a thing of beauty? Good. Start with grass-fed cows. Um, let it culture there's you sort of add a culture to it so something like you add creme fraiche to uh, the milk or the, sorry the cream um, leave that for a week and it sort of makes it sour it brings out a lot more flavour and then you start the patting process to get rid of the um, the milk bit so you're just left with the fat no. so culturing it using fermentation which as we probably have learned from the wonderful fermentistas on the island and all the other people making kombucha and ferment it is incredibly good for you fermented food is the best way to preserve over salting and definitely over using nitrates um I'm okay. going to pretend I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, I don't know what I'm there. doing. I'm what's really nit- glad. What's nitrates got to do with so ni- making? You know the story of cancer giving processed food? Yes. So your sausages and all your ham-ons, that's a lot to do with the nitrate chemical within it, I believe. I could be wrong. Don't quote me. I often forget things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just nodding and smiling. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Uh, yeah, I've got my nipple. Uh, sorry, by nipple I mean this. Oh, the little uh, round. So this one's the puff pastry one, which I think we will empty everything out of the oven shortly and we'll cook two pies to see what they're like. I can't wait. Um, Pleasure in the anticipation. Yeah, that'll take about 40 minutes. Excellent. Um, yeah, any, any, any other questions? I mean, many, James. Many, 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 I mean, many. I think it's almost like we've rehearsed those, uh, this. <laughs> I think everybody knows. I've got knows. a lot to say. I can tell. <laughs> I didn't even know. I can see why you could quit drinking. I can imagine you after a few little uh, drinky poos. Well. You're a very high-energy person. You don't need it, do you? No, no. And obviously drinking was just a way of not being able to... You know, more, more than two or three people or six people in a room, I do get quite shy. I am actually quite shy. In the kitchen, I'm not. It's my place of power. It's my grey skull. <laughs> <laughs> but you feel a bit shy. You're yeah, like an extroverted the kitchen, yeah. introvert. You know, the, yeah, the last supper club we did was the first time I was actually comfortable going around to the tables to speak to people. Mm. I used to find that hideous. Like, actually, after cooking or during cooking, speaking to a guest to find their opinion, I was just too too worried about how, what they thought of the food or you know I don't you know it doesn't really matter what they think of the food I did my best job mm. if they hate it oh god but you know <laughs> you don't but really yeah. want to know about it well no I do I always want to know how people feel about it but the yeah having the confidence just to speak to people has only really started happening to me since I've stopped drinking which again is another benefit for me how does that make you feel now that you've got that confidence to go over to a table without having had a well, few it's, it's, it, I just had this low level anxiety about it I guess I couldn't really explain what psychological problem it is but it was so nice just to be I didn't even notice I was doing it I gave a speech at the beginning which used to would have filled me with you know just like ah, food and then run away but I could actually <laughs> relax and do it I didn't even think about it which was it was nice 
Do you think the booze was fueling the anxiety, or the anxiety was fueling the booze I intake? I think no. I mean, it was, but I, you know, we all get psychological damage as we grow up, and I think my my way of dealing with it was running away and hiding through booze and the hard work, and you know, not facing up to it. And stopping drinking has given me the ability to look at what my problems were and start dealing with them via a bit of therapy, by a bit of meditation, and you know, you get better and more confident. Less fucks given. <laughs> There's a book about that. Is there? There is. I is might it get it for Christmas. Less fucks given. It's the uh, g- genuine art of not giving a fuck. Ah. It's a good book, actually. It's it's good book. Mark Mason you know, wrote that book. It's, it's um. As long as you know the fucks you're not giving are about yourself and not others. <laughs> well, I think you know as we drop out of our ego, um, basically yeah. we just don't care what other people think of us anymore. But we're yeah. all, always our ego is there to protect us and to you know make us cautious and to uh, basically not do all the things that we were meant to do because we play it safe all the time but as soon as you start not caring what anyone thinks about you and drop out of your ego and basically just do your thing which you yeah. do so well um, if you don't mind me saying so I'm watching you still pie cutting and making these these are a thing of genuine beauty and uh, you know you obviously found a little piece of you that was uh, just hiding behind all of that and now yeah. you're kind of like really there and present yeah. I like to think so you know a lot of help from uh uh, the therapist and the wife, obviously, had to put up with a lot of shit. <laughs> but she stuck by you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bless her heart. What's she getting for Christmas? <laughs> uh, oh, gosh, pies. <laughs> as many pies as I can fit in a sock. Uh, does, she, does she cook for you too? Well, we, we work, yes. But t- yesterday we were working on these together because she is a bit more of an artist than me. And as a textile trained person well she's an artist so she just helped with you know the design of them and she's come up for one for the fish which we'll work on together but brush flicking his brush around and I'm just sort of getting smothered in butter which is great for my outfit thanks James how did you get that oily stain that was uh... take these things out of the oven Okay. And then I'm going to turn the oven on, and why don't we sit out the front? That sounds wonderful, because it sort of sounds like a, a spaceship that's about to take off yeah. when the oven is on. So, um, oh my God, they look oh, so well. good. You haven't done the lines. I'm distracting you, I'm sorry. That's all right. Oh my God, the, the beetroot has just come out of the oven. Mm. Oh my God, mm. that is a thing of, of beauty. So we'll get that later. It cannot be oven roasted beetroot. No, it brings out a certain. The, the vegetables here are quite amazing. These are, I think they're local beetroots. It's the right time of year, and I think they are. They look fresh enough to be, but yeah. Where did you buy them? Servy fruit. It's next door. <laughs> it would be naughty to go anywhere else, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, they might be shipped from another part of the world, but me getting in a car to buy it—that's probably worse. Don't want to add to it. <laughs> you do not. No. No, I think. Te- what about Terramassia? Do you go there and buy anything? I do. I had some stuff. I get some stuff delivered through the summer from them, um, and it's really good. But I do prefer using Ecofiesius, which is the, which is the small farmers, the small Ibithenko farmers, collected together by Gabby, um, and it's just the farmers' collective. So you get them from the people from here. Which some of that stuff is incredible, absolutely incredible, and not from a place that wants to be an agro-turismo and build on. I don't trust their intentions. Let's, uh, should we walk and talk yeah. into the foyer? So yeah, I think, yeah, yesterday, I think there's a new initiative that's been set up by Terramassia. So Terramassia set up um, a new initiative whereby um, they are growing, um, you know, local produce for a variety of different agro-turismos and okay. places from around the island on the farm. Um, so I think that, you know, each of those places can then obviously have zero KMs travelled for yeah, their Yeah, which their is food. an amazing thing. Mm. I mean, it is great stuff. I, I just felt, and I could be completely wrong and I don't want to offend anyone, but felt like the whole project was basically just so they could build on the land. But still, if we're getting amazing organic vegetables grown and delivered with zero travel and, you know, they're... That's only a good thing. And it has encouraged people, using their example, to do it for themselves a lot more. You know, there's now quite a few organic farms and people with the intention to build organic farms on the island. Um, 
which you know it's a great thing you always need first person to start which I'm not sure if it was Terra Masea but their scale has definitely inspired other people which is good it's kind of like an Instagram paradise up there though it's very yeah. beautiful I did attend a wonderful pottery thing last year with a lady called Sarah Giaffi and we did a little pottery course well, you have changed James yeah no it's excellent but no I haven't because we're using terracotta and I decided all my lovely little pots with imprints of leaves were just there to collect the blood of my enemies. <laughs> Terra cotter. <laughs> Very much. Halloween has already passed, James. No, every day. <laughs> blood of my enemies. <laughs> Did you go out for Halloween as soon as yeah. you stopped drinking? I went to Pikes till five in the morning, then drove home. Result. I went as me. That's got to be the biggest bonus, isn't it? Because Ibiza is one of those places with a lot of drink driving goes on because there's just no public transport here and taxis cost a fortune and everywhere is tucked in the middle of nowhere yeah so I gave some people you know I hung around in the taxi rank with some friends which sort of really was the whole point of me having a car is I didn't have to wait in the you know and didn't drink didn't have to wait in the taxi rank but hung around with friends gave some people a lift home and then yeah it was a nice night it was really nice being the only sober non-dressed up person there (laughs) you weren't dressed up no I, I went as myself in my suit and tie. Um, oh. I'd just finished a job. I'd cooked for Foz up at his cave, done a little private party for him, mm. where we did a 30-people dinner. So I'd just come from that. So I didn't have time. I mean, that's one of the beauty, beautiful things probably about your line of work is you get to kind of see a lot of private residences on Ibiza, which, I mean, Foz's cave is you know, quite widely known, but it's incredible. It's incredible, and I think... One of the first times they've sort of done it up for a dinner as well. It was so stunning in there. There was candles everywhere. There was lots of sort of horn. Um, Lee dressed it. It just looked amazing. And then we did this um, sort of similar to our last supper club feast for them. What made you move to Ibiza in the first place? Basically, I'd been living in London for 23 years and not much had changed except I wasn't earning enough compared to what I spent anymore you know obviously London has changed massively as every place does but it seemed to have lost its exciting soul and I'm not sure whether it was me or the place but it felt very much becoming a theme park of itself with all the restaurants opening the next new thing it was very transitory it didn't really seem to have the same substance that I felt it had and the fact that the sort of random events used to happen a lot more where you'd just find a party or you go just walking down the street there'd be a house party you'd go in probably weren't invited but I went in anyway but it felt a lot more open and it definitely the community felt more closed off it it, it just didn't feel the same and my wife who's from London had enough we're either going to move to Berlin and open a restaurant or come here luckily my friend Watkins sort of had this catering business and asked us to come and join him and I was incredibly surprised coming here that there was actually trees. All I remembered was concrete and clubs. You know, a blur. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, there's a fucking tree. Oh, this countryside. Oh, it's not so bad, is it? Actually, no. I just saw it was like a car park with banging music, which I detest. <laughs> I mean, there is just an unbelievable side of the island. Like, yeah. if you leave Ibiza town, which you I never... the north? Oh, you must go to the... You must go to the north. <laughs> Oh, it's on in the north. In the north. It's so special in the north. <laughs> Whereabouts do you live on the island, Jim? Santillaria. Santillaria, the gateway to the north. That's what I like to call it. Like the Golden Temple. It's like the Golden Temple. And I've also got this theory. You've got that butter olive oil line in Europe. And I feel like there's an acid cocaine line in Ibiza. <laughs> But it does yeah. lead to butter eventually. Everything, yeah, everything leads, to butter, leads to butter, as we well know. The yeah. golden arches. It is. I mean, people often ask me what's the secret to cooking, and it's salt and butter, quite literally. So you know, I use a lot less butter and salt as I get older because I want to taste things more normally. But if you're trying to, if you're just trying to make an impact with, I don't know, a date, you're cooking for someone special, throw a fuckload of butter in. You're like the two fat ladies. You'll be dead soon. No. <laughs> No, I won't. <laughs> and that's the depressing thing without alcohol. <laughs> oh, stop it. There's enough butter to make no, you happy in this world, butter. surely. You can joy- smear it on your bottom. The joy- yes, the joy of butter. Um, and it's, you know, I don't think butter is that bad for you. Anything in moderation. You know, the fats aren't as bad as they were once led, we were led to believe. You know, naturalised fats, 
beef, pork, others, just not margarine. You know, real good fats are definitely fine for you. I mean, since you I'm know. not a scientist <laughs> or a doctor, you'd be great. Uh, or or correct. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> As anyone on the Atkins diet or the ketogenetic way of eating, everything grass-fed and fat-fueled is like the way forward, uh, basically. Don't get me on fucking diets. I mean, a diet <laughs> is a temporary thing. Unless you're doing something for life, it has no effect on you. You have a short-term... You live your life, walk a bit, garden, maybe, meditation, eat a bit of everything. Some terracotta pots. Terra-fucking-cotta pots filled with the blood of your enemy to calm you down in the evening, watch it congeal. <laughs> Amongst the fires and cats. <laughs> While stroking a fluffy puppy. Ah, congealed enemy blood and my kitten. <laughs> D- diets, they're fine, they're a temporary fix. Obviously, changing your life and just eating sensibly don't, it's better than any diet. And I think something someone told me recently, all our body types are so different that one t- like the ketogenic diet or whatever it's called will only suit certain people depending on your stomach flora and your sort of physicality and your history your genetic history that will only suit certain people so trying to fit a diet onto you is not necessarily the correct way to go Mm. and yeah that's all I've got on that but yeah fucking diets I mean, everything, like you say, is a quick fix. And drinking is a quick fix. There, Taking drugs yes, is a quick fix. There is it's no all... magic pill. There really is no magic pill. There is only sort of a bit of hard work and just doing a little bit of everything. Mm. In not moderation, but... You actually sound like my dad. Well, don't do moderation. <laughs> See? Okay. Oh, it's the lottery man. He's just popped in to uh, flog us some, flog us some tickets. Oh. Pomodoro Mjolka. Fiery. Suerte. Suerte. <laughs> As, uh, James has just gone to rummage in his... I've got my old man purse. <laughs> He's got his money box. Have you got your pocket money in there? I've got my po- well, I use it to hold up the queue at the supermarket as I go through my pennies. <laughs> <laughs> just to excite old ladies. Yes. Oh, that man's got organised change. <laughs> what a catch. Primitiva, euro million. El million. A million. How many millions are we uh, we're gunning for here? Um, well, the, the, sec- the, see, the secret lottery tickets is to never look at them, because then you've always won. So I've never checked a lottery ticket. You could be a millionaire. <laughs> and I've bought them a lot, yeah. Uh, ¿Cuánta? Sí, perfecto. Suerte. Suerte. I don't know what that means, but I'm happy. Suerte. Suerte. Hasta luego. Ciao, ciao. Swerte. Can I get some Swerte chorizo? <laughs> you should have worked on a market stall. Um, I did. I worked at the Morrow Market stall for a while, which was quite good fun, where we did the lamb kebabs. I did that after I stopped being the head chef as a way of uh, relaxing. Mm. It was really good fun. I was going to say, it must have been quite stressful as a head chef. Yeah, no. It's, again, it's only stressful if you make it stressful. The... By constant thing I say through the season when we're doing all these weird different jobs on a hill, on a slant and all these things, if, you're the, if you act like an oak, you'll break. If you be the mighty oak in the wind, you'll snap. Be like the willow. Bend. Everything's fine. <sighs> you are like Will-o'-the-Wisp. Thank you. I've Thank thought you. that about you for quite some time. Hey, Lee. Hello. Is that some water? Uh, dependable Lee, dependable the, Lee. the kind of stable, unbreakable him. oak beneath your wings. Yes, he, he is the solid earth that keeps this willow bendy. <laughs> <laughs> he also sends the emails, don't he, email me? <laughs> or text. <laughs> if you want a cohesive answer, ask Lee. Ask. Yeah, I have often thought that about this, uh, this little collaboration. There's uh, definitely, yeah, there's definitely one solid, stable... I'm very stable. <laughs> I'm just bendy. <laughs> Very flexitarian. Yes, yes. That's a good way to be. Flexitarian is an excellent diet. Eat whatever's put in front of you. Don't question it. Were you another one of those people that were sort of told to finish everything that's on your plate before you get down for the table? Yes, th- totally. But I didn't have a problem with that. I'd eat anything. I mean, I, I've often thought of myself as a glutton over a gastronome. I find it quite, I, you know, I'm, unless it's bad food. But I, oh, every single bit of food... I will eat. The only thing I don't eat is octopus because they are magnificently intelligent creatures. 
I, I stopped eating. It took me about four years you, to babe. give them up. I love octopus. Not as much as cats, but definitely just below. <laughs> and if I could have pet octopi, which isn't the correct pluralization of them, but it's definitely cool. It's got I'm pies making in pies. it, though. I'm not making an octopi. No fucking way. I love pies, I love octopus, but no way are they going together. Heresy! <laughs> yeah, but they do that wonderful potato and octopus dish here that's very, very, very it's traditional. Very, it's, well, that's from Galicia. Uh, but yeah, it's, I used to do it a lot in my restaurants, and octopus are delicious. That's why they're so hard to give up. But we should leave them alone. So many other dicks we can eat. <laughs> you know, well, like fish. Let's not they're, go down that road. Seagulls, they're proper <laughs> knobs, aren't they? <laughs> They deserve it. Force feed those. Do you do, you do some uh, research then into the intelligence of the animals that you cook with? I, I mean, obviously, since I've learned that I do like animals, I have, I'm eating a lot less meat. I'm being a lot more, more respectful about the eat, meat I buy and eat. Um, I went to a, a man, Manzana last year, which is a pig killing. An apple. No, Manta, Mata, Mata, which is kill. But I went to a pig fucking. <laughs> And we said, let's fuck this pig. And we stabbed it. No, so it's, we went to a pig killing here on the island, a local farmer. And this beautiful sow, we dragged her out, put her on a table and expertly dis- dispatched with one knife to the jugular and desanguinated in about 30 seconds. Um, it, was, it was horrific, very eye-opening and meaningful, you know, it, to see a such a big beautiful creature die so quickly and obviously aware of its impending doom it's it's tragic but it's also if you're going to eat meat you need to you need to be aware of that cycle and so then we spent the whole day turning the whole of the animal into sobrasada uh, morthia we ate the lungs and liver straight away which was fucking weird <laughs> like warm meat before it goes in the pan just well i mean delicious sickening weird but important um and i hope to go to one this year um i've got to speak to my friend friend valerio who sorted it out but yeah you never i don't think i cried till i saw a pig die you cried a little bit (laughs) of course anyway so the intelligence of animals a lot more aware of them um they definitely do have an intelligence but you know don't be so delicious <laughs> I like to think I'm quite delicious Is there am I in danger here? <laughs> yeah, probably I'm within sort of spitting distance from your kitchen door yeah, I'm scared I mean, humans last resort Because they're obviously full of bitterness and regret And they'll definitely come out in the cooking No matter how much you baste it and slow cook it It's still going to taste bitter What about with a bit of butter? Oh, fine, yeah <laughs> um, Yeah, so octopus, they're no-go Pig's fine. I mean, what's the most intelligent animal apart from humans? Dolphin. I'd definitely do one of those. <laughs> Deep fried blowhole. <laughs> I love you, Ibiza. <laughs> I'm slightly scared of you now. I think we should wrap this up. But okay. um, I would like to know, what's your favourite place to eat on the island? I mean, if you couldn't eat your own food, which I have done many times and I can absolutely verify it's the most delicious delicious there fare. are a number of great places Taya de Tapas I really enjoy um, there's Ambre just opened in Santa Laria which is excellent uh, there's Donde Miriam Miguel which does the best beef he's sort of got this aging cabinet it's got beef from all over Spain some from his own herbs some seven months aged some slaughtered after 12 years all these different beefs and his beef is incredible absolutely incredible um, you know the usual balafia for the lamb chops crisps and tomato and garlicky alioli great uh, where else it, it, you know depends on your I mean it is quite hard there there aren't a lot of great restaurants but the ones that are great are I mean I think that there's such a food scene in Ibiza though that's something we haven't really talked about and I think that you know you've got face food mag with all these like unbelievable chefs on it I think apart from clubbing and what has now become quite a major wellness scene on the island, the food scene in Ibiza is absolutely huge. It is, it is. And there are some good restaurants and there are some great restaurants. Um, you know, it's still got a lot of catching up to do with the rest of Europe, but the heart is in the right place. You know, a lot of them trying to use as many local produce, much local produce as possible. 
um, you know, being aware of the ecology, trying to recycle, you know, there's a lot of people doing all the right things and it is commendable. I'd love to have a restaurant one day, Dolphin. It would be a wonderful thing. I, I really believe in the restaurant as a place for people to come together. It's, you know, it's lunch is my favourite meal where it feels eternal. You can get there at 12 and you're sort of grazing for four or five hours, laughing, sharing food. It's just a wonderful thing. So we've got the final verdict on two platters in James's kitchen. Just for the final uh, hurrah, what have we got here? So we have got a short crust dauphinoise with garlicky filling pie, and then we've got a homemade puff pastry version. Uh, straight from my eyes, I prefer the look of this one, but I know that one's tastier. Uh, obviously, it could do with a bit more cooking, but. I think you guys need to eat it. Um, I think you could twist my arm, probably. Yay. <laughs> I should have made a sauce, but we don't have one. It'll be fine. Okay. It'll be fine. I, I, I'm very, very happy with the way that looks, so um, whatever the weather. I mean, I did them last night for my parents-in-law with liver, homemade, Ibethenka, um, pata negra, bacon and spinach, and it was they were delicious. Love liver. Uh, okay, so we're just about to do the taste testing. James has got a real knife now. Hello. <laughs> um, yes, I've got a real knife. And there. That looks absolutely blinding. Um, what's in that one? Potato, open wild mushroom, basically. It's my user. vegetarian one, the user. That one is the same, but it's a different pastry. I've got a short crust pastry there, which is a bit drier, a bit more like a pork pie one. Yeah. But it's got more, you know, it holds up better, whereas this one just, I mean, that just looks nicer, that puff pastry. It does. There's no denying it looks um, like a taste sensation. It looks very yeah. moist. Yeah, yeah. It's wet, so it's got less structure, whereas if you have a look at this one, it's definitely holding together a bit more, but I'd rather have that. But please try it so we know which is which. Thank you. I would say that is absolutely delicious. I mean, I don't eat pies very often, but that is... <laughs> what a... <laughs> I'm not normally a gluten-free girl, but no, I'm making no, a special I, really, exception. Totally and actually, I just thought, right, it's puff pastry. I wouldn't normally go there, but I don't, I don't know. It's been a while, but um, we're yeah. about to find out. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and with all that butter as well, that's definitely going to cause a... It's the gluten and the fat together that usually yeah. uh, hits the old... If I have a pizza, it's, uh, it's a big problem. Yeah, pizzas are killers. Absolute killers. Um, I've, I've even started bloating with that sort of thing, um, which is sad. <laughs> but, you know, pizza's overrated. It's overrated. Um, and on that note, I think we should probably wrap up today's show, but it's been an absolute pleasure. If anyone wants to come and join James in the kitchen, as he mentioned in his little community uh, sort of collaborations, then do drop us a line to just the good news please at gmail.com, uh, the usual email address for coming to maybe pick up a few new skills, uh, get a bit buttery and uh, <laughs> a bit yogurty. I look forward to meeting you all. I'm <laughs> laughing with anticipation. And if that makes you want to come and join James in the kitchen, then do let us know. It's been a pleasure, James. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Colin. Um, See you again. Bye bye. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel.